everybody, we're back. This is episode 124 of the Q&A podcast. My name is Anthony, and sitting right across from me via Zoom, as always, is my pal DeQuincy. Hey, guys. Great to be back. So our last episode was a lot of fun. It was great talk, um, great catching up. Uh, I'm still excited about uh, UFC pay-per-view that's coming up. We're recording this on Saturday afternoon. Um, and we just ran out of time, really. But, like, I, I'm fascinated by this this baseball season, to be honest with you. I think that's the best way to put it. It's, uh, it's fascinating how baseball has, MLB has fumbled this <laughs> since day one. And, uh, I don't think I've ever seen anything more chaotic in my, in my life as a, as a sports fan. From the shutdown and spring training to the players union and owners arguing about the amount of games to not having a bubble to the outbreaks. It's been like, it's like they intentionally fucked up every step on the way to coming back. I mean, what, what other, what other explanation is there? I mean, how does, how does, how does an or, uh, uh, an entity as large as baseball, I mean, just get it wrong damn near every step of the way? Just short-sightedness and this blame for – this blame on both sides because the owners didn't want any more than 60 games, which was like – the one thing that blows my mind about it about that is like after the the announcement came back and they said they're only playing 60 Manfred went on some interview was like oh yeah or the entire thing we were only going to do 60 games so it's like oh so your entire negotiation that you're doing with the players union was just bullshit you were never going to go above 60 games so I don't even know why you're playing around you're just playing in my face MLB and then the players have blame on this because they, they're the ones that refuse the bubble. And I know that, that being in a bubble for five, six months, not being able to see your family, things like that, that's, that would have been hard and difficult. But as we're seeing right now with these coronavirus outbreaks, that may have been the smartest thing. And if not, like, it definitely would have been, would not have been one city, but it probably would just, left everybody in the spring training locations in Arizona and Florida. Right. Cause th- that was my whole thing was I always felt like baseball. It was just logistically. It just wasn't, it, it didn't feel like it was possible to do a bubble. I mean, there's so many teams, there's so many players on every team. Um, and it's like, how I just I couldn't figure out how you could do that because that's really the big thing that you need if if in order for this to work almost perfectly or or you know in order for this to work without too many hiccups you you have you need a bubble you need like. You need a like a just a central facility for everybody, and it's like if you look at the UFC, we've talked about them. It's not they haven't been perfect. We've had a 
minimal cases of of fighters testing positive or even coaches testing positive. And it's and so it's but also it's easier because you're you know it's only two fighters and maybe five five or six coaches total like you know but, but split between them. So the staff is very minimal to do this, but they had they have their own facility in Las Vegas and they also had the bubble in, in Abu Dhabi for like international fights. So it's like they had someone cooperating with them. They had a partner to do that, to make it, to, to be able to, to provide facilities and housing and things like that. And, and really creating this bubble that really does isolate fighters and staff and everybody from the outside world. And the same with basketball. It's like, the NBA had, you know, maybe it was just timing. Maybe they, you know, maybe Disney could have done it for baseball too, but the NBA got to, to, to Disney, I guess, before everybody, and they made the accommodations. I mean, they've turned, what, Disney World into the NBA bubble? Yeah. And, again, I mean, right there, there's another partner. There's someone willing to work with the NBA to uh, accommodate the league to bring in and you know sure they didn't bring all 30 teams or however many there are in basketball but they brought (laughs) there are 30 (laughs) there are 30 okay i can't i go back and forth between 30 and 32 so they brought 22 out of those 30 teams i mean that's you basically brought in the entire league and you know and so like the rosters are obviously bigger than you know ufc and things like that but they're not as big as as baseball, but it's still large enough where that's a monumental task to have to house, you know, players and coaches and staff. I mean, that's probably a good thousand people that they had to, you know, they had to um, prepare for and they got it done. And, you know, with the exception of, of your Will, Lou Williams's and, and whatnot, who are sneaking out and, <laughs> Sneaking out of the bubble or whatever. Oh, hey, he didn't sneak out. He went out for a funeral, and on his way back, he stopped at Magic City for some wings. Now, I've never been to Magic City, but <laughs> every person that I've talked to says that it's incredible and the wings are delicious. So I let that go. They, okay. they again, <laughs> they have the, the wings at Magic City are named after him. Okay. okay, I did not know. Yes, there are the Lou Will, um, gee, uh, honey. I think they're the honey ones, honey wings. But yes, Lou, the them. the Lou Will honey we we made it out of the bubble. Williams wings. Yeah, let him that man have his wings. <laughs> and 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 look, you know, criticism aside, they got they dodged a bullet on that one. I mean, they were lucky he didn't you know he didn't catch anything or bring anything with him into the bubble. Um, and, but, you know, and again, it hasn't been perfect. Lou Will lemon pepper barbecue wings. There we go. Those sound fantastic. <laughs> they sure do. <laughs> um, I might drive down, get myself some tonight. Um, but they, you know, they've gotten it done. You know, they've gotten it right for the most part. I mean, it seems like everything is, is running smoothly, better than expected. And that's just not happening with baseball. I mean, they didn't have a partner like Disney or a, another country even to 
to house everybody, to, to make this happen, to really bubble everybody in. And, and, and honestly, again, I, I just didn't see it happening at all in the first place, which, in, you know, for me, like the I, season or right. The season. I, and that was, so my thing was you might as well just scrap the season. If, if you can't find that accommodation, if you can't find that partner and, and that's just my recommendation. Obviously, oh, there's a lot of money at stake that exactly. wasn't going to happen. That was never going to happen. The owners right. would have committed suicide for giving before giving up these billion dollar TV deals. Right. But look what I mean. Look what's happened, man. I mean, you know, just before we start, you know, just before we hit record, uh, we were looking at the standings, and St. Louis has only played six games this season. And most of the teams have already hit at least 20, almost 20. Yeah. And Which I think is a good time for us to talk about it because it's like we're technically a third of the way into the season now. Um, you know, the Astros will have played their 20th game later this evening. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's like we're about a third of the way in. And it's still just – it's still unbelievable that um, – that they've, it's unbelievable that they've made it this far, in my, in my opinion, considering St. Louis has only played six games. Miami has played 13 games. Yes. Um, St. Louis has, before today's game, 44 days to make up 55 games. That's insane. That's insane to think <laughs> how they're going to make that happen. Um, double headers. Next five days, they're playing three doubleheaders. Right, no, no. Including, one, including a doubleheader today. Yeah, no, no, I, I get that. I'm just saying they're, they're going to – how are they not going to burn out every player that they have available at this point well, to still, make up that many games in that many days? Well, all you can do is – sorry – all you can do is play the best you can, rotate guys in and out. They still have, well, not they're not minor leagues like they're. I think they call it like taxi cab guys, taxi squad. Yeah, yeah ta- taxi squad where they're just gonna have to shuffle guys in and out mm-hmm. to try to make up the games. But honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't make it till sixty. St. Louis. Yeah, like all those games you burned out and. There might be another outbreak somewhere down the road. You never so know. If yeah. the, like if they only make it to 40, 45 games, like I would not be surprised in the least. I mean, if, if you think about it, if you know, God forbid, mm-hmm. there is another outbreak in that clubhouse, and they're forced to miss another two weeks. I'm not even talking about their clubhouse. I'm just saying they, whatever team, you know, have a another three game series against the Cubs and the Cubs had to cancel because there's an outbreak that hits their <coughs> clubhouse. Well, then that means those three games were postponed, which means that now you only have 40, what, 40 days to do 58 games. Right. It's like some, at some point it just becomes impossible. Right. And so, you know, at, at some you, point you can't play triple headers. No, of course not. But, and, and so at some point, you know, if, if you've missed a certain amount of games, I, you know, it's, they should, you know, I'm surprised they didn't like put that in place. Like if you miss a certain amount of games, 
you're just disqualified for the rest of the season. Right? There's no point in trying to force it, trying to make up those games when it's it's damn near impossible. Man, if you try to put that rule in as an owner, the players union is going to fight tooth and nail because then the question becomes, well, are we still getting paid for the 60 games? Because it's right. not our fault that we couldn't play them. So that was my thing. Like when we first start talking right now, or when you first started mentioning, like you broke down the owners and, and, and Manfred, you know, talking about initially only looking at 60 games. So it was, was 60 games just what the owners were willing to prorate without, without a live gate, basically? Yes. And all that talk they did about, oh, maybe we'll do 80, maybe we'll do 100, that was just bullshit. They always had 60 games as a target date. Because not only were they worried about how much they're playing the players, they also had TV deals where – they need to start the playoffs before the NFL kicks in. Right. Because no matter what, NFL is still king. And, you know, it'll take away their ratings if they're trying to play uh, like a division series game on Sunday and the Cowboys game is on. Yeah. They don't want to run into that. Although, I don't know if football's going to start, but we will leave that to another podcast. Yeah, because that's a that's a whole that's a really interesting topic to me. That's that's something that um, I'm really starting to keep my my eye out on now, just because of how much time they've had. Um, yeah. And so I, I, it's one of the few times in my life where I can say I have been paying attention to the NCAA. Yeah. I mean that's. That's done, pretty much. I mean, all these smaller conferences are, are closing up for the year. But Oh, you know why they're closing up, right? No. They can't afford to test. Oh, yeah. They cannot. These smaller conferences like the, the SWAC and the MEAC and then the Ivy League, they can't. Those smaller ones, they can't. Whack. Give dog a bone. They can't afford <laughs> to do the COVID tests, like, even weekly. And then right. we've seen – stories of athletes coming down with um was the heart the heart condition mm-hmm. starts with an m i can't pronounce it right now i'm not gonna butch, butcher it but yeah so that means if a student comes down with that you need an mri to check out for it and mris are not cheap right so if you're like in the, like I said, one of those small mid-major schools who don't get enough funding as it is, are you going to put that hundreds of thousands of dollars into testing these kids? Man. I mean, you, like, you just may not be able to afford it. Mm-hmm. And some of these bigger schools, I know, who is it? The Big Ten is out. They're already saying they're doing the... Um, the Pac-12, which is a bunch of the teams on the Pacific Coast, like, they, they can't even, yeah, like, you see, like, the state of California won't let them have games in, in California. That's right. So you, like, the Pac-12, that's about half the conference. You, you're definitely getting shut down right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the only ones that are really trying to put this together are the Big 12 – the SEC and the ACC, and I've already yeah. seen 
one or two stories come out from the kids that are there on campus saying, hey, we're not being tested enough or, hey, we're not being tested if we don't show symptoms. Mm-hmm. Or the worst I've seen, I think it's from Florida State, a player came out and said, hey, um, they're lying about our tests and telling us we're fine when we're not. And I said earlier, if I said this on Twitter, if the people running the tests and their thing can't be trusted, then we don't need to do this. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. And, and I know, and I've seen people, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I've seen people talk about, oh, we need college football, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, we want college football. It's like when, like when you're in school, you take a test, you fail the test, and your parents take something away. America failed the COVID test. So now we get our goodies taken away. Right. And it's unbelievable that, you know, the, the conferences that you mentioned, um, those, those, are, those, are the, those have the biggest football programs in, in the country. Mm-hmm. And they generate billions of dollars. And you mean to tell me they can't, they can't afford to, to test all of these players if they, if they really – that adamant about playing constantly testing these guys you know they're gonna make that money back maybe not this year but they'll make it they'll they'll more than make up for it after after all of this is over after we finally if you know when we finally get through all of this and yeah i mean to your point about the fact that we really don't need you know college football this year it's like we don't really need the major college sports at all. I mean, if you really look at like what a lot of these senior players are doing, they're they're for they're foregoing this their season anyways oh, because yeah. they they already know that they're gonna they're going to be in the NFL draft or the NBA draft. You know, their 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 draft picks they're pretty much guaranteed to be draft picks. And if you're yeah. high enough, there's no reason to risk playing this year. Not I mean, and usually it's it's for you know you, you don't want to risk injury, but now you're you're compounding that with you don't want to risk catching anything so you might as well sit out the season and train for the you know friend excuse me train for the combine train for you know um uh the the showcases where you know you're gonna um, get picked anyways yeah if they move the the season to the spring and mel kuiper jr knows my name i'm not going to play i'm training for the draft for what, so I can get hurt and become a third rounder? No, thank you. And yeah, to go back to one other thing you said, there's one, there's one other thing that these commissioners and uh, team president, uh, school presidents need to think about. If I let football happen and a kid comes on to the campus and he plays and he catches COVID and he dies, I'm done. Yeah, the school is done. Like no, no one. I don't care if you clean house, fire the coaches, fire everyone. No, pl- no players going to want to come there. And more importantly, no, adult, no mother or father is going to want to send their kids to that school. Mm-hmm. So, and maybe the crazy dads, but that's yeah. about it. But um, no, you're right. And, and you know, not only that, you're going to have everybody coming at your head. Mm-hmm. And then you're really going to see 
you 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 think it's bad now with the money you're losing something like that happens believe me it's going it, to it'll be it'll be that much worse yeah. and i know these kids want to play because they're athletes and they want to be out there doing what they love but how and many times how that, many oh hold on how many times yeah. have we said about football players hey we can't let them just go out there and play because of you know CTE or whatever they're mm-hmm. going to want to play even though it's going to hurt themselves we, right. sometimes you got to protect the athlete from themselves and that's right what you're, you're, you're trying to look out for their best interest and, and and also you know it's it's tough because yeah there are certain players there are certain players they're sitting out because they know they're probably going to be a first round pick um, that's not the case for every every athlete entering the draft every you know junior or senior who's who's getting ready for the the next upcoming draft you know and and that's what that's what the season is for I mean we've seen so many players who um, you know from their junior to senior years maybe they were projected to be like a a a fourth or fifth round pick but they've had this they've made these these leaps and bounds in in a season and they've they've raised their stock all of a sudden I mean that happens all the time and so it's understandable you know that it like or not, it sucks that uh, there's going to be a lot of guys who aren't going – they're not going to be afforded that opportunity to make that leap to, to truly raise their stock. Um, but at the end of, end of the day, they, you know, uh, hopefully they'll see the bigger picture that this is, you know, it, it's – it'll uh, raise your stock after you get drafted. You know, you're still, you know uh, – because you'll ultimately, you know, get a chance to, you know, prove who you are, show what you've got, and and make your money. But right now, take care of your health. You know, stay healthy, stay safe. Yeah. Look at us talking about college sports. Yeah, when I have no knowledge about it, yeah, I don't. It's okay. I don't either. I just know keep the kids safe because. Yeah. Kids are dumb. I've already seen multiple videos of these kids back at school partying. Just saw one like a couple hours ago uh, from this weekend at uh, I think it was North Carolina, yeah, North Carolina uh, campus, and it's like wall to wall in a club. And I'm and I'm looking at that like this is why we can't we can't fight this thing because people are treating this as a game. Or idiots are using it as a political statement. And, and, you know, the kids aren't trying to make it a political statement. But once you start screwing up like that, all it does is uh, give politicians the green light. That's all it's doing. It's giving them the, the, am- the ammo to make it a political issue. I mean, no, these kids aren't, you know these kids aren't actively doing all this because they're like, Oh, I'm not going to let, you know, some Democrat tell me what to do or yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a Republican and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to stand up for what's right or whatever. They're doing it because they're, they're, they're kids. They just want to party. They want, they want to party. They want to get laid. They want to get drunk. Um, and when you're not thinking with, you know, when you're not thinking, 
Yeah. <laughs> you're you're going to make horrible mistakes. We've made them. I've made them. Uh, Nothing in America the, is less trustworthy than an 18 to 24-year-old American male. <laughs> you re- that's why I don't watch college sports. If you're relying on a 20-year-old American male to bring you happiness, I am sorry. It will not work out well for you. Yeah. And that is in all facets of life. Sports, love, everything. Yeah, I feel like the, the older I've gotten, the less the, the less in love I'm, I've been with sports in general. Mm-hmm. It's like, eh, you know, it's, it's, it's fun, but it's not life or death anymore. Uh, living and dying with, with each win and loss. I know how you Like feel. I did three years ago for the 2017 season when the Astros won the, the World Series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, know, I know just how you feel because that's how I do with video games. I will buy a new game, play it for about – an hour and then be ready to turn on Hulu. <laughs> it's just a waste so, of money. But um, bringing it back to baseball, I know yes, we sir. Kind of drifted off. Um, so, like I said earlier, we are roughly a third of the way into the season. Um, you know, again, we're recording this on a Saturday afternoon. Last night, on Friday night, the Astros um, started a you know, their, their latest homestand against um, – or they continue to homestand against uh, Seattle. And so I caught, like, the second half of the game. When I turned the game on, it was 10-1 to 1 in the fifth inning. Um, I didn't realize that they scored nine runs in the first inning against Seattle. Um, the Astros have been very inconsistent this year, like most. I mean, obviously. Um, you know, they've had bullpen issues. They've had – Rotation issues. I mean, they've had every problem you can think of. Um, Altuve's not hitting right now. Brantley's hurt. They're talking about putting him on the IL. Right. And, um, but last night felt like that game where maybe things are going to really start to click, um, at least offensively. Because Jordan is back. His first game, he hits a home run. He drives in four runs. First at bat, he hits a home run. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's he's already off to a, a fantastic start. Um, again, this is this is a, a game where we won, or they won eleven to one, and Altuve went over five. So, like, you hate to see that, but it's encouraging that even if it's just one other, even if it's that one guy. Even if Jordan is making that much of a difference, this offense looks like it's starting to turn around and really pick up and um, play to the expectations that you know they had pre-COVID going into the 2020 season when we when we all assumed the season was starting in March, you know, late March, early April, um, just in one game. And that, I mean, maybe I'm jumping the gun, jumping the gun too soon, too quickly. Uh, but that's just kind of how I look at it. Um, I think this, if, if that's, you know, if we're going to keep playing like that, the offense is good enough to carry that, rot- you know, the rotation, which, again, um, has been decimated by injuries and, and really just, you know, Verlander not having pitched after the first start of the season. Um, and the bullpen has, you know, really struggled. They're 
it's almost all rookies at this point. Um, so, but I think that offense is good enough to really carry the load, you know, right now until everybody really starts to take form. All right. Okay. And I think it's still a winnable division. Um, I think, you know, because we're currently in third place, nine and 10, we're behind Texas and Oakland, uh, 14 and six and nine and nine, respectively. So I think, I think, you know, we're in good shape a third of the way in. Hopefully we'll make that, that big push, you know, going forward these next 40, 41 games. Put it like that. It's a third of the season. Is already gone. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to get to this webpage and just taking a sweet time loading up. Okay. Well, speaking of St. Louis, mm-hmm. uh, we, we said they've, they've only played six games. The best part of that is they are still in second place in the Central <laughs> Division in the National League. Yes. Chicago, that- Chicago's 13 and four, and Cincinnati is in third place at nine and 11. And being in second place would guarantee them a playoff spot. <laughs> it's insane. And Miami, who started all of this, I feel like they're nine and four. They're they're the, the division leaders in the National League East. Atlanta's eleven and ten in second place. I mean, this is this is bananas. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm just going through the tech, the Texans, the Astros, like, pitching staff right now. Uh, Lance McCullough Jr., do you want to take a guess what his ERA is? <sighs> I want to say it's six. You are correct, 6.1. Yeah. Um, jo- Josh James, you want to know what his ERA is? <laughs> oh, God. He wishes it was six. Oh, wow. Okay, maybe I did the jump. Maybe I did jump the gun a bit. Um, I'm I'm looking at him right now as well. Whoa, he's double thirteen point five. I'm sorry, I'm just skipping around. Yeah, there's just a lot. Of, the pitching has been either inconsistent or hurt. Mm-hmm. Verlander uh, was out. What was that, after his first start or second? First after his first start. Um, Osuna went down. Rumors are that he may have to have Tommy John surgery, which means that he might have thrown his last pitch for the Astros. Verlander um, reports, I got, I'm, you can, like three weeks ago, Dusty came out and said, oh, he told me it's not looking good. And then today I read, it's like, yeah, he's feeling great. He's going to start pitching soon. So, I mean, don't rush it. Three weeks sounds like a lot, but when it comes to pitcher to a pitcher and their forearm and basically their elbow, that just seems like that's not enough time. Like that, and especially the way this season, like you know, the way everything is so compressed right now, like it seems like he should at least take another two weeks before he even thinks about throwing a baseball. But I think the one only good, the good thing about this season is we're seeing a lot of rookies get time and see if they can make it in the uh, in the league or not. Uh, let me go, Brandon Belak. Yeah, um, he's been great. 
Blake see. Taylor. Blake Taylor. There's, I'm looking at ERA, ERA to try to match up, uh, and there have been some really bad guys. Man. Andre Scrub. Anoli yeah. Paredes. Oh, don't get me started on Scrub. He he blew that game against uh, Arizona, that extra inning game. But I actually sat down to watch the game, and it went extra innings, and he blew it in the 10th or 11th. I was like, yeah. oh, my God. Yeah, they've had some killer extra inning losses this year. Yeah. But uh, Framber Valdez pitched well last night. Yeah, I don't know who the hell's pitching today. Um, Grinky is he was he was pretty shaky in his first two starts, I believe. Maybe his first start, but he's really come put it together since then. Um, I mean his his stat lines are pretty much on par with what he normally does. I mean, you know he's got a seven point six K per nine. 1.0 whip, 2.53 ERA. I mean, those are Grinky numbers. I mean, he, he's he's in Grinky form already. You know, after a you know a shaky first couple of starts. Yeah, which is good. No, no, no. It was just that first start. Went three, three and a third innings. Gave up three runs mm-hmm. with a <laughs> with a ERA over eight. And ever since then, he's been he's been good. Yeah, and I mean that's that's great that you have him right now. You know, at the top of the rotation, technically. You know, until Verlander gets back. Um, you know, I'm I'm really not surprised by what we've gotten out of Lance. I mean, the guy missed a year and a half from you know with Tommy John surgery. Um, I think this is a great time to have him though. Because he's he's struggling right now. He's, you know, he's he looks like a guy who just had Tommy John surgery, who's just coming back from it. Yeah, this and, season will work for him because he wasn't going to be the guy who comes out and pitches two hundred innings. They weren't going right. to do that to him, you know, like I said, coming off of Tommy John surgery. So only having eleven, twelve starts, and then whatever happens, the playoffs, fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. It'd be a great like. Um, I guess mini season for next year. I think if um, you know, let's say we you know we make the playoffs. I think if he hasn't really shaken off the rust, you know, by the time the playoffs start, I could very well see him being a bullpen guy like he was in 2017. I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah, everybody's going to be in the bullpen. Because that's the last couple of years. That's where the playoffs have become. Is mm-hmm. we're going to get whoever starts starts, and then everyone except for the previous game starter is going to be available in the bullpen. Yeah, and you know that's not a bad guy to to close out. You know, if mm-hmm. if Osuna is done for the year, um, I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, Jose Urquidy coming back. I mean, he was a big part of the postseason run last year, and th- they never said what was what happened with him. Why, like what his injury was? Did they? No, which makes me believe it's the same thing that happened to Jordan. He had COVID. They finally admitted that Jordan had had COVID last night. 
So why wouldn't why, but why wouldn't they admit it now? Like, well, first it's a they can't admit it without the player's without his permission. Consent. Yeah, yeah, without his consent. So maybe he just didn't want to get out. That's crazy. Uh, you know, I guess. But but it's like. If you're on the disabled list and there's no injury, we all just assume it's from a, a positive COVID test. Yeah, so either I way. mean, wouldn't, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, no, of course. You know, it just, um, it's just, it's strange, though. I mean, I guess I get it, but it's like when you're, Maybe you're not LeBron James, but you're still a professional athlete. There's still a, a level of notoriety that comes with being a professional athlete. Like, I don't know. I guess maybe maybe I wouldn't. Maybe I would be in the same position if I were him. Maybe I wouldn't want it to be known publicly. Um, but it just seems like, you know, he could use his his voice. However. Um, However big that voice may be at this point in his career, you know, he could still use it as a, he could still use that voice to kind of, you know, get people, you know, continue to raise awareness, you know, but, you know, to that, but again, that's his prerogative. So you know. we have 5 million cases in America. If you're not listening, you don't want to listen. <laughs> right. And if you don't want to listen, a brown-skinned person with an accent is not going to make you listen. Yeah. About that. Um, how are you feeling about Kyle Tucker? So, man, like, at first I was really – I don't know. I really don't know what to say, man. I'm still trying not to – to call him a bust, but it's really hard not to at this point. Um, but then again, this season was, was not going to – with 60 games, he wasn't really going to uh, – um, he, he really wasn't going to have that chance to break out, to really break out. Let me ask you this real quick about, about Kyle Tucker. Mm-hmm. Do you think, because um, he is he he's he really wasn't in the in the lineup regularly, I guess until the Brantley situation. But do you think that's maybe a, a Dusky Baker thing? You know how a lot of these these you know veteran managers um, don't necessarily, unless they really have to, um, don't necessarily play the young guys you know, get as many veterans as, in as you can to try and maximize, you know, the potential to win now. But I, f- I feel like maybe that's what's going on here, you know, until Brantley, you know, is is, is hurt. All right. Hold on. So coming into the season, you got three outfield positions and they were going to be filled up by Brantley, Springer, and Reddick mm-hmm. coming into the season. Uh, Tucker didn't do anything in spring training to show that he needed the job over Reddick or that he deserved the job over Reddick, especially considering I think Rex making $13 million this year in his last year. 
well, coming in before everything was prorated. Right. So he didn't do anything to take the job in spring training for the veterans. And, you know, the DH position was going to be filled by Alvarez. So he really didn't have much of a shot to take, take anything, have playing time. And even saying that, he's has, he has the sixth most played appearance on the team. Mm-hmm. So he's been getting playing time. Whereas in the outfield or DH position, it's not like he's just been lounging on the bench, hoping hoping to play. It's just when he been he's been playing, he's been striking out a lot, striking yeah. out twenty eight percent of the time. Yeah, twenty one strikeouts and seventy yeah. at bats. So I this isn't a Dusty Baker, Hasty Youngins conversation. This is actually right. Dustin Dusty giving the guy playing time, and he has just not produced. So this is the makings of a bust. I wouldn't say that. What I would say is we have been spoiled by guys like Mike Trout and Juan Soto, guys who come up from the minor leagues and just hit the ground running. Mm -hmm. This is what it used to be. Rookies would come up. It would take them maybe a year or two to find their footing, and then they would be able to, you know, go on to be whatever they were supposed to be. Now it's like, oh, if you're not – hitting 310 with 35 home runs, basically what Jordan did last year. If you're not doing that, then you're a bust. It's like, no, you can still be a good player. It just may take him some time. And we've seen this before. Uh, Remember J.D. Martinez? Yeah. Like, it just may take you either time to to get together or I hope it doesn't happen to Tucker, but it might take a whole new team. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, you would rather you'd rather see the payoff happen with the Astros. Um, yeah, and I think going into next year, he has one of the corner spots filled already. Right. Yeah, because there's no way they're resigning Reddick. No, Reddick's gone. If I had to put money on it, I would say Springer stays, but Brantley's gone. Mm-hmm. And you have, I mean, really, you're going to need. The money that you save from Reddick and Brantley, that has to go to Springer. Mm-hmm. Because he's not – I mean, he, he's he's at that point where he, he, he's going to command a pretty, a pretty penny. So, next year, you have to re- – I guess – so, next year is the year to really keep an eye on for Kyle Tucker. Yeah. So, well, okay, that, that makes me feel – it's, it's put me at, at ease a little better, a little more uh, at this point. Oh, well, that could help. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because it's like, um, yeah, I mean, obviously you don't want to, the last thing you want to do is, is see a guy get labeled, get labeled a bust. Um, so hopefully there is still time for him to, to put it together. And um, who knows? I mean, with, Again, with Jordan back in the, in the lineup, with everybody kind of coming together there at the same time, maybe maybe he just needs that extra guy in the lineup to kind of uh, to help him put it together. Like maybe he'll start seeing better pitches and, and get more opportunities to uh, you know to make an impact. Yes, yeah, so and maybe everybody needs to calm down. Not everyone's going to come 
into <laughs> MLB and be, you know, produce at a MVP level. And I'm, you know, honestly, I mean, it happened to Bregman his first year, mm-hmm. his first, what, 60 at bats. He had like what one hit, I think. Yes. And Two you, hits you guys are out there trying to trade him. Don't lie. I saw the tweets. Y'all ready to get rid of that man? Maybe in fantasy. I don't remember. It. No, I saw they were ready to, oh, to get they, rid of Yeah. They know who they are. <laughs> so, uh, I don't think he's a bust. I don't think he's ever going to be an MVP. I think he, Kyle Tucker can definitely play at an all-star level. Did he out, did he out hit his expectations in the minors? That's a very good question. Let me go look because I kind of this guy was averaging like thirty home runs in the minors. Uh, Kyle Tucker. This takes me so long to I go to fan graphs, and every time you go to a, you click on something, and you go to another page, they have this goddamn banner that come down top about oh times are hard, and we wish you subscribed. I'm like guys, yeah. you don't need to do this every goddamn page I go to. Why am I? I'm sorry. I'm looking for his. They only have his Astro stats. Where the hell are his? Oh, I'm. Go ahead, talk, talk, my man, talk. This is just bad. No, I can't. I can't find it. It might be on the other site. Um... <sighs> Instead of the baseball site, baseball reference, yeah. Um, oh, I'm looking at uh, well, there's some minor league stats on fan graphs towards the bottom. Uh, it's too late. I'm already on baseball reference, they piss me off. <laughs> well, if you're on there, you tell us. Uh, let's see, he was, let's see, the average. Yeah, it's, you know that's that's the the scary thing is like the average was really high in the minors, uh, three thirty nine, two eighty eight, three thirty two, two sixty five. Um, I am looking for, but then again, I I don't know what any of these things are. like zip. <laughs> I don't know what zip three year projections are. You've gone too far. You've gone down to the dark web. Get out. <laughs> okay, it's standard. Um, okay, yeah, so so when he was in double A in 2017, he hit 16 home runs in 72 games. Triple uh, A, 24 home runs in 100 games. Triple A in 2019, 34 home runs in 125 games. Um, and then four more in the majors uh, in 22 games last year. So, I mean, he's really had only, it seems like two full seasons at the minor league level. Uh, Oh no, uh, he's, let's see. So maybe, maybe that 2019 was an aberration like hitting 34 home runs in the minors. Uh, it does seem like his, his averages, like he averages, like the average is lower um, 
early on in the in his in his minor league career. So maybe 2019 was just a you know maybe that was just a blip, which I think if people look at those stats, then maybe it will temper all of our expectations. Like, okay, yeah, he's not going to do that right away. And again, to your point, maybe he just needs some more time and especially more regular playing time because he only played, let's see, he played 28 games with the big league club in 2018 and 22 games uh, last year. And he's up to 18 this season. So he'll obviously get, you know, he's here to stay. So let's, let's hope that um, we'll see a progression. All right. All right. Yeah. And he's only 23. Let's calm the hell down people. That's true too. But you're right. You know, it, it, it is hard to it is hard to temper those expectations when you see what guys like Trout and Soto do. Um, but I guess you know that happens with every generation. You know, and when that does happen, you know, every team is hoping that that their their guy that's you know ranked number one in, in the farm system, like he's going to be that that next guy. So I think it's just natural. Um, yeah, I feel much better about Tucker than I do about Whitley. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, what's happening with that? I mean, is he? Are what? Well, also, are there minor league games going on right now, or no? I don't think they're minor league games. I think they're like, uh, what are they called? Like, uh, split squad games. Split squad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's. Yeah, I feel like he's been waiting in the wings forever, and he's again. Either... He's, he's only twenty three. <laughs> what did I just say earlier about which who are the most undependable people in America? He's in that age range. <laughs> Technically, he's yeah. there. Yeah. Um. And. Yeah, you know the. But it's again, it's hard to wonder what if you know what if he hadn't gotten busted, what two seasons ago and suspended for fifty games, eighty games, something like that. I think it was fifty. Yeah. Like it's hard not to wonder, you know, what could have happened if he, you know, had those games to, uh, you know, had those games for his development because you know fifty games probably would have you know equaled what about. Five or six starts. That wasn't last year. That was two years ago. What? Yeah. Wait, wait, hold on. That was Whitley that did that, right? Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm still looking at Tucker Sacks. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, that was last year. I'm pausing. And oh. that that would have equated to what? Five or six starts, maybe seven. Yeah, somewhere around there. They do that dual tandem thing too, so. Hmm. But, you know, also, what do you think about giving him a shot this year? I mean, look how many rookies there are already on this roster. Or do you think they're still protecting him at this point? I mean, because it seems like everybody's jumped him. I'm going to Google real quick because I believe he is hurt. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. There goes that theory. Let's see. What's the last thing in here? 
got stuff from July. Oh, that's like well, he didn't miss the opening day practice. Opening day uh, team, I mean, sorry. He's 22. Yeah. He'll be third, uh, 23 in September, next month. Three weeks. Oh, there's a Houston Chronicle article, but I'm not going to read it because their pop-up is going to ask for your pay, and I'm not paying them assholes. Oh, it's, their, their website stinks. It is terrible. Okay. Hey, I see an athletic mailbag. I pay for them, so let's see what they say. Okay, so he um... – yeah, it doesn't look doesn't look like he's. I don't know if he's injured or not. No, this just looks like they just want to keep him down. Mm-hmm. Let's see, he's now on the forty man roster, but he'll be need to be added in the offseason anyway because of the draft rule five draft. They just want to see him improve his command. And I don't know. Would he be starting? Do you think, or would they have him in the bullpen? Because the question here is, like, is he better off pitching mop-up duty out of the major league bullpen or getting hands-on coaching Corpus Christi on a daily basis from Bill Murray, Murphy and Drew Fitch? I'm like, well, we put it that way. He'd probably be better off in Corpus Christi stretching him out. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's like – yeah, you're right. I mean, it's like, why rush it? There's there's really – especially this year. But I felt like if – you know, but as long as they are, I guess, doing the, the split squad. Well, they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I mis, misheard you. Yeah, but they're still doing the split squad games. And, you know, give them practice. And, you know, we even though it's the third season, we still got some time left. Yeah. Uh, if it's not this year, then next year. Like you said, he's only 22, turns 23 next month. And from honestly, this season, I'm just treating it as just scouting for next year. Because then it, it, with 60 games, it doesn't even feel like a real season. I mean, last year after 60 games, the Nationals were like barely 500. Yeah. So what are your – what are your expectations overall for the rest of the season, then? Like, or for the playoffs? I mean, is this um, my like, expectations? Is like any of those old '90s um, uh, baseball games? Score talk, tw- talk to tw- the fans. Score twelve. No, score twelve runs. Give up eight. That's my expectation yeah. now. Well, talk to the fans. Tell them to, uh, you know, to. Don't take it so personally if we don't win it this year. I mean, this is only 60 games. Like, last season was tough. I mean, we were in it. You know, we were that close to winning a title um, again. But, yeah, I mean, like, this is such a weird season. It's like, I don't want to call it a wash, but it's still – it kind of feels like a wash. And, like, whoever wins the – you know, whoever wins it all, you know. God bless, but you know, let's see you do that a, a full season. I don't we, know. We really should be thankful that we got baseball at all, considering like what we spoke about earlier with the uh, coronavirus outbreaks. Yeah. Uh, 
just like don't just don't take this too seriously. There's t- let's um, just watch the game, see who can do what for 2021, and like just enjoy it as much you can. Because honestly, I'm if they win the World Series, it'll be great. And if they don't, I'm not gonna lose any sleep over it. Because like you said, it's 60 games. I'm really almost taking this like an exhibition season, you know? Yeah, it feels like spring training still. Like, I just want to finish the season with as many people healthy as possible and get ready for next year. Hopefully be able to go to a game next year. Man, that's what I miss most is like actually being there. Not just that, but having the option to go. You'd be like, oh, this Friday I, I can go do this or that or I can go to the game. And it's like now my options are either sit here at my house or sit at my mother's house. That's it. Right. Yeah, same here. Um, yeah, I don't. Oh, uh, now I remember what I was going to say. What are your thoughts on the piping in of fans from yesteryear. It feels very video game-ish. Like I'm I'm like I'm used to it. I've been playing video games, sports video games with piped in noise for years. Oh, okay. So that for makes me sense. for me, like when I'm watching the game and I hear the crowd noise, it it doesn't phase me one bit. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That that makes perfect sense if you, yeah, if you're used to it from video games. But for me, who doesn't play video games, I hate it, dude. It's so weird. I, I saw, like, the first game season where they didn't have anything. There was no noise. It was just, you could hear the, you could hear the, like, the lights from the stadium, like, just buzzing. And I was, there was something comforting about that. It was just kind of, it felt right, considering there's nobody in the stands. And then, like the very next night, I saw a game on Fox, and they were they were piping in these like you know these cheers and whatnot. And then there was a game I was watching where they piped in the cheers, like who they were starting to cheer, yeah, and then <laughs> like on a ground ball. And I think we were on the road, so. Like we hit into a, you know, hit a ground ball. And so the, the yeah. fans were cheering. Yeah. And then there was an error. And then like, are you quick enough to get all oh, like, you know, they were ready to just play the whole, yeah, we got them out. And now, oh, wait, nope. Wrong button. Wrong button. <laughs> I didn't get it. Well, that's one thing that doesn't happen in video games. It's pretty accurate on that. But yeah, for me, like, I think the first time I noticed it, I was like, oh, they're playing, they're playing in noise no one's in the crowd and now it's just second nature to me mm-hmm. so it isn't it's nothing to me it's, just, it's background noise the, the worst was uh there was a fox game like the fox games they show they will uh they'll digitize like fans in the stands like in the outfield like when home runs are being hit or fly balls are hit yes I think I know where you're going when the player was walking back to the dugout and the fans like clipped in front of him. I was thinking like, that's a very uh, 
NBA 2K thing, clipping yeah. like that. Yeah, that's the most video game realistic thing they had. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's I'm cool with it. Uh, hopefully, you'll be able to get through, through it. No, I mean at this oh. point, you know I'm, I'm I've learned how to block it out, but. Those first few games were rough. They were like, oh, God, this is awful. But like with anything, you you adapt. Yes, sir. Definitely used to it. Anything else for you, man? No, that's all I've got. You know, hopefully, um, um, hopefully, you know, there won't be any more outbreaks in clubhouses and uh, – you know, you just hope for the best for everybody involved. Hopefully and, there won't uh, be any players that decide to go out to dinner and risking the COVID out there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then come in, try to apologize to their team and get sent down. Who did that? Uh, Mike Clevenger and <laughs> some other dude from the Indians. Well, anytime Mike Clevenger is in the news, I you know, you know how he, he uh, Zach Plesek, Plesek, Clevenger lost all of you know our goodwill as. Houston fans when you know he was talking all that trash a couple of years ago. So I like how um how nice and PG you are. Meanwhile, I'm like, hey yo, fuck that dude. <laughs> You're out here with the Rona running around here and one of your teammates just survived cancer. What the fuck is wrong with you? That's right, Carrasco. You bring that shit back, that dude gets sick and get taken out. Cause yo, I ooh. Yeah, you know, as soon as the two weeks up, I whoop his ass. You know, there were, I remember reading all of those reports that, uh, you know, Don, like at the NBA, like Donovan, Donovan Mitchell was like pissed with Rudy Gobert. I mean, understandably. Um, but man, that would have been, I, I would have loved to hear a, a story that they fought it out. Like, because I, I just, like this is this is one time where I man I would be. I think I would have to fight someone, you know, if they put me in that if they compromised me in that in that kind of you know. If they compromised me. Because they were just fooling around, just clowning around. I'm surprised there wasn't a story that they fought. You know, they got into a, you know into a fight. Because if I see you in the clubhouse, the first thing out of my mouth is going, what the fuck were you thinking? There's no hello, how you doing? We like we got to talk about this now. Mm-hmm. And like, they shit. The, the entire team was like, y'all, y'all two got to go. They pulled a Martin. You ain't got to go home, but you got to get the hell up out of here. Right. Like, I think there's situations where, you know, it's – Especially if I'm doing all this stuff the right way where I'm not going out. I'm listening to the team rules and the CDC and keeping my all I go is from the hotel to the ballpark back. And then I hear that you're out here living it up and going out doing shit that I gave up. I'm like sorely pissed. Like 
you're right. We'd have to fight. As soon as you got your test results back, we would have to fight. <laughs> and then, like, they're going online on Instagram talking about how people are, are in the media or portraying them as bad people. I'm like, okay, you don't want to be bad? Well, then you, both of y'all are two fucking idiots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I see... Uh, please, what, please, what, I keep on Instagram. Looks like that video got taken down. Probably was getting roasted. It was like we're not, we're trying to get the truth out. The truth out. The truth is, you went out with people during the middle of a goddamn pandemic. Like shit ain't going terrible out here. The right. fuck wrong with y'all? Talk about oh, the media is terrible. Um, these are actual quotes from him. The media is terrible, man. They do s- some evil things to create stories and make things sound better and make <laughs> things sound worse. Did they make up you two motherfuckers going out to dinner? Did they make that shit up? Yeah. Please, Zach, also say he understands the risk with COVID-19 and that his brother has type 1 diabetes and his mother is a nurse. Anthony. This disease, this virus is taking people out, correct? It is. People who already have underlying conditions are, are, are more susceptible to this virus, correct? They are. Then how the fuck can you say that? <laughs> if you sit there and say, my brother has type 1 diabetes, I understand the risk, but your ass still goes out like it's not out there, how can you say you know the risk? Obviously, you don't. Literally, you got a teammate that beat cancer. Are you going to bring that shit around? To you, another guy on the Red Sox, he literally can't play this year because COVID gave him heart conditions. Jesus. It's like, what the... Ugh. Yeah, I mean, again, it's, it's just unbelievable that, you know, there's so many people still flaunting the... The rules, man. It's like it's not going away. But if we would all just cooperate just for a little bit, we can you know, we have to work together to to get back to normal as best as we can. I hope for his sake that he did that video after he met his teammates. Because if I was in the clubhouse and I saw a video and he came up to me to apologize, I would be in the clubhouse with a hazmat suit ready to whoop his ass. Yeah. You'd have to. I mean, you would have to. there's There's just some things that are unforgivable. And when you're just fooling around and not taking it seriously, that's one of them. And, you know, we can't, we can't do this right now. You know, if, if you're not taking it seriously, but I am, this just, this just ain't going to work. You got to go. Yeah. All right, man. That was a nice little rant I got on my system. Fuck you. Did all that talking about the Astros to be a complete idiot when it came to his own safety and the safety of his teammates. 
somebody would have to pull me off that man because I would whoop the hell out of him. <laughs> All right. All right. Anything else for you, man? No, just thanks again for tuning in. As always, it's uh, it's always, you know, it's fun talking about all this stuff. Yeah, it's good when I hit the record button too. All right. Like always, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. We appreciate we appreciate it. Sorry, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> uh, and we're done. And we will talk to you next time. For Anthony, I'm the Quincy. Later, babies. Oh, <laughs> my